So last week, um, and a few of you actually commented on our uh, Instagram page, even, even though the trailer we put together had nothing to do with the topic yeah. on the podcast, but some of you commented on our Instagram page uh, about what we said we were going to discuss this week, and that is uh, Gurkha, Gurkha Cigars. And now, in, in phrasing this, I don't want to phrase it as in what happened to Gurkha, like they're gone. Yeah. Um, they're still a big company, and um, I follow some of the guys who work for them on Facebook, and they're good guys. And what I'm going to give you my my assumption at the beginning, and then we'll work through the information okay. and see if that. I think that after some controversy and also some not great business decisions, I think Gurkha consolidated and is now putting out simpler, better product. Okay, that's I, I, my assumption. That's where I kind of came to the result too with doing the research of how they started versus like you said the controversy that happened i think this time and around this time three years ago um um, and for those who don't know the controversy there it hasn't gone into depth of what it what was said i didn't even go into depth to see what the post was about um but the former founder Kaizad. Well, do you want to start? Let's we'll start with like sure. beginnings sure. of Gurkha. So Gurkha is a cigar manufacturer. Um, they used to be, in in terms of like their prevalence, you know, in catalogs and stores at events, they were one of the big ones. They were on par with right in terms of notoriety. Right now, I would say with like with an Oliva. A Rocky Patel. That's what I kept they were. Saying, yeah. They weren't general or out to this level of like they own the market, and they yeah. weren't Davidoff or Padron in terms of like they corner like the, the luxury area. But in terms of like they were well known. They were definitely a Rocky Perdomo Oliva level. Um, the founder's name was Kaizad Hansosha. I, I think he's. I don't know what he what what his nationality was. I I I know that he takes the name from. The Warriors of, I believe, Nepal? I think it's Nepal. I might be wrong. I think it was Nepal, right? Um, yeah, Nepal. Nailed it. Absolutely crushed it. I believed in you. Thank you, Steve. Stevie Inks. Wearing that drip today. <laughs> With that drip going. Per usual. <laughs> per usual. Um, so, how can I... What what was Gurkha like, Chris, when you when you started in the industry? Let me get your perspective first. So, I so I think what I said last week, I'll just kind of reiterate a little bit. To me, Gurkha was a brand that older cigar generations were smoking. It didn't to me, and this is all subjective opinion based from me. Did not seem like a go-to smoke for most people who I were smoking with. Um, when I said what were some of people's favorite cigars, not necessarily it was ever really brought up. Um, so I just, I felt like there was a certain niche for it. Um, upon like doing my research and how it was... This is good research, by the way. This thank, is, this is tight research. Did Steve do this for you? Yeah. Yeah, he helped me out. I literally did all the research. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't know this was a... I didn't know it was one of the first cigars to ever enter the cigar world at, like, instead of 
a premium scar being five to six bucks, it went up to twelve to fourteen. Yeah, which changed the game. They, but the, the problem it, right? with Gurkha is yeah. yes, but they they forced that with a lot of marketing and okay. not a lot of so like Padrones were um, very much in that category. Yeah. But what what Gurkha established, and you and you, it's it's not a common category. Yeah, this ultra ultra luxury where some of their cigars, and we'll get to a lot of them, but the most famous one being the His Majesty Reserve, yeah. was nine hundred dollars a cigar. So they kind of yeah. and what they did is through a lot of marketing is they built up this thing to like you know oh this is the rarest thing and we yeah. made the box out of camp. And they got in with the right people in terms, and you know, in terms of spreading the brand. It was there was very much like the, the odd part is is that for so long the branding was very scattered, but the branding was the only thing keeping the brand alive. Okay. Um, in terms of the cigars, first of all, they never had their own factory. They were made at a multitude of different factories, yeah. some of which I've heard of, some of which I've never heard of. And if you go on and, and on Half Wheel right now, look at their review list and see like all the Gurkha cigars they've reviewed, and it mm-hmm. shows like their their factories. Most of them I've I never know even heard. One of the factories that they got, uh, I think it was from American Caribbean Cigars. Yeah, that one I've heard of. They tried purchasing them in 2018, yeah. and it, they mutually both said no. But yeah. really quickly, <clears throat> my perspective of Gurkha from when I started in 2019 until now is. It's just there's some brands to me that they're just like in the middle for like a small like niche fan or small niche market. You have the people who, you know, who oh, I want to smoke even today when we were helping out Adele with like they want a really high end cigar. So we, we got her some Davidovs. Uh, people think Padron. People, you know, when you think high end, there's certain labels to it. When you're thinking of like been around 20 years, new age, kind of like, you know, have made cigar smoking cool, you think of Crown Heads, Foundation, Tatawahe. To me, Gurkha's kind of like in like this weird limbo where like it has a fan base, but I don't know of anyone personally who's like, oh, like I, I, I'm going to go smoke a Gurkha right It now. was the boutique cigar for catalog businesses. Okay. That's what it was. So it was like the boutique choice from a big retailer. Yeah. Um, to like, be honest, and th- and this is again, this is and this is nothing against anyone who works for Gurkha. Now yeah, huh. we will get into the kind of modern day version of Gurkha and how they've trimmed it out, and and why I think it's it's even a bigger success now, even though it might be on a smaller scale. But Gurkha was for a long time, uh, within the industry at least, a joke. Um, but it, the thing with that is like. What was it because you, of well, you, like, you can you can was be a joke, marketing? but you can be a joke all the way to the bank. Yeah, it was a combination of the marketing. Um, you know, they had they dude. Even I in, in my in my youth, uh, I remember I did one video cigar review about it was like the called the Gurkha Extreme and the, like, Extreme just spelled with an X, and there was like a snake. So you see, like what I'm saying. Yeah, and I remember not wanting to want to do I was much more stubborn when I was like I was I really had my brands and I don't want to be mm-hmm. seen but Anthony was the videographer at the time. He was like you got it we got to do the review and I had to do a bunch of takes because they kept being like this is dumb I don't want to do this and then one of them the last one we ended up using I just said extreme in every sentence 
and you didn't even notice I was kind of making fun of the yeah, cigar. Yeah. I was like, uh, the tobaccos are aged for an extremely long time. If you look at the box, it's extremely creative. Like, like every sentence I use the word extreme um, because they were getting out of hand with it. And then they had, when I say they had so many brands, the ones I can remember is they had at least three different seller reserves. They had the Gurkha Assassin. They had the Warrior. They had the Genghis Khan. They had the Colorado, which I think we still carry. They had, like, they, they, it goes on and on. Like, they had so many. Look up a list one day. And a lot of times, they would just do private, like, you know, they had, like, three or four kind of national ones, and then they would do private labels for the catalog companies. That's, that's why yeah. I said they were boutique, but for catalog big retailers. So, like, there would be three or four Gurkhas that you could only get at CI, three or four you could only get at Famous, three or four you could only get here. And they were all like kind of the same blend, and they would use kind of a similar band, but then like a different color. Well, or they had like on, on sorry on Half Wheel, they had about twenty different lines they reviewed. I don't and I don't know how many. I, I, and I don't, I, I, off, I, off the top of my head, I don't even know if the cigar <clears throat> lines that we really like to smoke I see on our website. I've never seen that many. Maybe Drew Estate, but Drew Estate has Herrera, has Hoya, has other like. Except has for other two of them, under except them. for two of them on that half wheel list, I could I didn't know any of them. Yeah, they 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 were they oversaturated, yeah. and they also they relied heavily on gimmicks. For example, anyone out there who's a Gurkha was a Gurkha smoker in the past, maybe they still are. You know, like I said, they're still a good company. Yeah, uh, they would give away like backpacks. They would give away knives, like combat. You know, like those. those I think we used to have one up here. Combat knives that, you know, like, like one time I swear to God at a Smoking in the Carolinas event that we had, they gave away a rifle. That, like, they're, like you view on the contest, you got a rifle. They were very into that, like, kind of post 9-11 bro, like, oh, yeah, get your gun here, get your knife yeah. to protect you. And like, you know, this kind of military warrior culture. But like, it wasn't it just wasn't well thought out. And um do you think they were tapping into what they thought the consumer was? Yeah, they were tapping into just into cigar bro culture. I yeah. think at the time, um, the problem is with as as the internet became more and more prevalent, review sites became more and more prevalent. Reddit, the cigar communities, herbs, people talking to each other. Dude, every single trip I went on, you know, you would ask, you know, like there'd be different cigar retailers, like on a bus going to Perdomo's factory, and you would ask, like, hey, what do you think is like the biggest joke cigar? At the time, almost everyone would say Gurkha. Um, and again, I don't want anyone working there. Jim Colucci, all those guys, like you're, the company is now. I'm talking about like 2010. I'm literally talking yeah. about you know 15 years ago. Um, but they made a lot of money, so like I think that's all that Kaiser like cared about. Like he's a Probably, businessman. Like yeah. he was just you know doing cheesy things and you yeah. know make a lot of. You buy a five pack, you get a knife. Like you know he didn't. He, there was no. I don't think there was any care really. At least at that point about the quality or the perception. He's like, as long as we keep selling them and making money, I do not give two toots. So what and would then be they, the... They, sorry, they, no. they had some, like the seller reserve, they, they were like these short, fatter, like double perfectos. They were good. Like they were actually, like that was a good smoke. They started, they, they, they had a lot of ones that were hits, but then they had a lot of ones that were duds. Mm -hmm. And then they started getting a little more corny and corny with the packaging and the naming. So there's the, and then... Some of the ones that would like they're they're expensive ones. The His Majesty Reserve, His Majesty Reserve is a thousand dollars a cigar, and it says it uses fifteen year old Connecticut broadleaf tobacco, and then all the cigars are infused with a bottle of Louis XIII cognac. 
I had to do a review because we sold a couple. We, we, we had bought like 10 of them as a company to sell online. And so they sent me one to do a review. And I'm like, I don't know why you would waste one on me doing a YouTube video. But I smoked it. When I say this thing was, and again, I apologize. It, we don't sell it anymore. So, But it, maybe they changed the blend on it. This, again, this was like 10 years ago. Yeah. It wasn't great. This wasn't it, yeah. It wasn't great for $15, much less 1000 Now, sometimes when you're paying that kind of money for a thing, like... There's no way a Bugatti rides as nice as like a Toyota Land Cruiser in terms of like the like just like a oh this is a nice simple ride yeah, kind of thing yeah. because it's a race it's not so, like it, it has other elements like oh the tires are made out of gold it has other things that make it that expensive it's not necessarily going to give you the best overall experience it might give you a highly specialized experience but it's not going to give you the best like generic like oh yeah it's great to pick up my kids and then go yeah, on a road yeah. trip like no one's Bugattis are tight, like, you know, they're uncomfortable, <laughs> that kind of thing. So that might be the case with the His Majesty Reserve. But in terms of just like a smoking experience, and I think this is pretty common, common knowledge, it wasn't, I don't know if you know they're still selling it. They might, but I know we don't sell it anymore. So what would be the, and I'm just asking this because I, I am curious one and I would like to know the answer. What's the difference between... All right, you buy this five-pack of Gurkha, you get a knife, versus almost, from what I see, most companies are selling more than cigars now. They're selling merch. You know, they're selling hats. They're selling shirts. They're selling this. They're selling that. In your mind or your opinion, what, what's the difference between the two? Was it more gimmicky when Gurkha was doing it? I just was think, it because I just of the items that were the being items, sold? The items, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's one thing to wear an Aerosmith T-shirt. It's another thing if you painted your van Aerosmith. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. the it's the way in which it's being depicted. Everyone yeah. can get merch as a T-shirt or a hat or a keychain is fine. Everyone yeah. everyone kind of does it. If you're doing the Gurkha AK-47, like it's a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's do a little think, insane. Do you think that what he did with that? Like you said, he may have sold a rifle or things like that. Do you think that he's inspired any other people in the industry to do that? And it's no, been like I haven't, that. I haven't seen you don't any, think like there's any, any like Roma Craft does, but they they do it a little different. They'll do some cool like they had rucksacks that they were giving away. They weren't, but they were like four hundred dollar like military grade, and they were only doing it on like special. It wasn't like buy a five pack get a ruck. So, so I wouldn't say they were inspired. They did something like yeah. kind of similar, but not really in the same vein. But now I haven't really seen anyone. Dude, it was just like very, very much like what the rest of the world thinks America is, is what it was. Like it was like a cartoonish depiction of like America. Like, oh, buy our cigars, get a big gun. You yeah. know, like it was very much a comical version of America, you know, okay. it was it was very, you know, and again, from someone who is, they were from popular. Here, yeah. <laughs> they were popular. I smoked Gurkha, like I don't, you know, some of them, like I said, were very good, but I can tell you that at the time, again, fifteen years ago, I want to emphasize that entirely. Um, the goal or the 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 amount of effort put into that company was certain. I don't think put squarely on making the best cigar possible. I think it was on making the uh, a more popular brand and uh-huh. making a larger company, but I don't think it was on making the best product. And last week you were shocked when we found out we only have two lines of Gurkha on our website. That's it. 
So <clears throat> if you can speak on it, if well, not, we'll I'm cut gonna, it. Uh, I don't even know if I can say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I asked one of our product merchants, like, hey, who's our buyer for Gurkha? And we don't even have one anymore. Okay. This used to be a company on That's level with kinda Oliva ask, and yeah. Perdomo, <clears throat> and we don't even have a product merchant for them anymore. Wow. Again, this is not a critique necessarily of them. This is just a statement of facts of how much that company has changed. Now, what I'll say is this. What we'll, 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 we'll get into, I think the biggest turning point, so they, they started to see a downswing um, probably in the early 2010s when I started in corporate. That's really when the like, official boutique movement really started churning up. Crown Heads, uh, Kyle Gellis with Warped, Founda Foundation 2015, yeah. Dunbarton 2015, 2016. You were getting this entry of guys who were kind of in a competing space who were extremely knowledgeable. And who've been in the industry for like who have been in the industry, 15 years at that point. Also, they were they were blending this extreme tobacco knowledge and knowledge of blending and how tobaccos interact with each other and this really great understanding of branding and storytelling. I think Foundation and Dunbarton are probably the two best examples, but Crown Heads certainly as well and Warped and Illusione and obviously Tatawai. But like, especially in the mid-2015, like 2015, is, and, and you really didn't see a lot of it. You saw like the old wise men who really knew tobacco and they made great cigars. And then you saw like people who just like kind of knew how to market, but this kind of mixture of both of them with guys like Nick and Steve and John and even Pepin and Jaime, that's, I think, started to be the downturn for Gurkha where it's like, well, now there's really good cigars over here and there's really good cigars that are also really well branded over here. And we, we don't, we're, we're having a tough time. And, and also, demanding such a high price point for what is not, you know, like demanding the same kind of price that something like Foundation would have without any of the quality or the storytelling yeah. in it. And I thought, so by the time I was in corporate for a couple of years already, they were no, like they weren't, uh, I like I don't really remember, I think I had one meeting with one woman who worked for Gurkha seven years ago about like doing a video and maybe I stopped by their booth at like my first trade show. But after that, I mean, and listen, some of this might have been, in, in terms of how we covered them, some of it might have been personal. I just wasn't a fan mm -hmm. of the brand. Um, but next thing I know, what was it, 2020 rolls around. Um, oh, well, 2019, Jim Colucci gets on board. Jim Colucci's like a legend in this industry. I can't remember all the companies he's worked for, but he's worked for a lot. Jim Colucci's like very well known and respected. But then. He was named president, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kaizad said some unsavory things in 2020. I, it must have been during the pandemic. I don't know exactly what he said. I'd rather not know. It yeah. was referencing Black Lives Matter. I mean, it was a very tense time in the country and really in the world. He said some shit that I'm sure was not cool. Um, and he got a lot of backlash. And it must have been so bad that, like, in a in a community that's kind of usually anti-cancel culture, it's like cigars. We usually people they usually don't care, yeah. but people were really mad. So I'm guessing whatever he said must have been pretty bad. Yeah. So I mean, I think, and he was by the way he was known <coughs> as like an outspoken guy. Yeah. I believe he did it like I want to say like he he posted it on June 6th, and like not even a week later, like he was fired. He was let go. Um, and so then he did say that 
his he was Facebook. forced out because it, it was it was his company. So oh, he yeah, owned yeah. it and he was chairman and everything. Yes. And, he, and his name was on all the bands. Yep, they got rid of all that. So they had, and I think maybe he, I think I, I think he ended up selling his stake in it as well because I know oh. he stepped down from like the board and everything, and they took his name off the band. But I think he ended up also like selling off his his interest. I couldn't find him on, so I found his Twitter account, and the last tweet was from like July of 2020. So I don't even think he's around anymore in terms of in the industry for now. And he. Uh... <clears throat> he did say his Facebook got hacked, which okay, yeah, but like it, it, it never, it no, never was. No, it wasn't. Um, and it's, you know, without obviously for the sake of getting um, political on here, I just think at times we live in a state where you know anyone could say anything they want to. It's it's it does fall under the free you know freedom of speech and all that. However, me, I don't know. I think everyone has something to lose when they do say something like that. But when you do own a company that's, I don't know how much they're worth. I'm assuming they're millions. They're probably worth a lot at yeah. the time, yeah. I just think, you know, it, it, it was just, it, it, I'm not defending the guy. I don't even know him. It's just, it's sad that how it went that way because, like I said, upon doing the research and then for it to kind of end that way, it, it, it sucks because this did seem like an, a brand that was in the same breath as Rocky Patel. You know, I, I'm saying same breath in terms of being mentioned in the same article, not same breath of like quality as Davidoff, but in the same article as like a Padron Davidoff, like you're being mentioned in that. So like you're being at least highlighted and recognized as revolutionizing an industry at, at a time. The, the, you know, this is like the early 90s. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Don't put this part in the trailer. I want people have to find this nugget. All right. I think a lot of people were okay with that what happened. Okay. I think, I don't think he was a bad guy, but I think... People were over it was him? About, it was about time that the house of cards fell. Okay. Because like I said, Years before, I was in Nicaragua on a trip, and we would kind of ask, like, oh, what do you think is, like, the worst popular brand? And people would say, like, Gurkha, I don't know how they keep doing... And, again, that's not a criticism against anyone who's working there now, and we'll, we're going to get to the products that they're making now and how they've turned things around for the better. Yeah. But that he ran it like it was a joke. He ran yeah. it like, oh, yeah, the, the machine gun, bullet, Gurkha, double warrior. Everything was warrior, soldier, and... I, I don't really remember him ever getting any super high ratings. I don't remember him being in any top 25s. Maybe he snuck into one or two of them. But I, also, he might have had ad money. With yeah, his money. highest rated on, on Halfway was 91. But his lowest was a 55. So yeah. that, that, to me, shows inconsistency as yeah. well. well and, also, when you have it from 15 different factories. Yeah, and it also is something I feel like I bring up almost all the time. Um just in general, like when I'm talking about a lot of stuff, like, you know, at this point in my life, I'm wondering if, like, are people in, like, in an industry, like, f for the love of it or for there's plenty the clout, of, There's you know? plenty of, there's plenty of, not, you know, I wouldn't say clout, but clout, I would but say, like, like, be like this hey, is a way to make money. Like, this Steve, is, this really is just quickly, a business. Do you, I know we can't go a podcast without talking about movies and shit, but do you make art because you want to to 
like say like I'm an artist or do you make it because like things inspire you? You know, like you say you have you and your buddies are in a media team. Like I don't I I used to have that. I have a buddy of mine I work with a lot. But are you making things because you you love it or or are some and you don't have to you can be honest but like are some of the people on your media team like oh I'm an a, you know I'm an act like I know one guy I'm never I'll never mention his name I think he just like I just think you he, can blurb it out you're the one editing this you have control no 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 I'm just saying I think he is in it to call him and I see it a lot to call himself a filmmaker is it Derek yeah it's definitely Derek <laughs> when you have someone hello like me who's very self-conscious as an artist I'm never like yeah, I won this, I won that. Because I don't think your success, to me, equates awards. My definition of success is different from... So, like, do you see it as an artist, like, you're doing it for the love? Or do you know some people who do it for... People definitely do it for accolades. Um, they, they treat it like um, it's a competition almost. Which I could kind of see why people might see it as a competition. But uh, me personally, I do it more for the love of it. I think there's healthy competition. Like, knowing that you're a good photographer, like, if you and I are up here taking photos, like, I want to be able to make, take a better photo than you. I might not be able to, but I think that's a healthy competition. I, what I'm trying to get is, I, I think it's a competition which you definitely have. And um, put it on Instagram and sow seeds of... of so tension between us. Oh, and, I, and, I'm, and we're trying really hard not to... I'm trying really hard not to be negative about this company because I don't know much of it. But it just does seem like it falls under a, a slew of other companies I've seen that just do stuff because they, like, want to call themselves. Like, how he founded it was, like, he, he in an article, he said, I was drunk off my ass somewhere in, in, in India or Portuguese. He found a Portuguese, like, vendor, I believe, somewhere in India, and he just bought the name for, like, under 200 bucks. Yeah. So, like, you know, so it's just kind of like that's kind of a cool story but at the same time it's like I look at other people in the industry that I know and you could tell like sleeping on a factory floor 10 out of 12 months of the year they're they're in a different country growing seed. like that's the love of it and it and it really pisses me off when someone comes in and calls themselves a cigar manufacturer when they are not and that's that's my feeling on them not gonna and you know it's nothing hmm. personal. It just, from an outside perspective, is like, oh, you don't take it seriously, and that kind of sucks. That's my opinion. I think intention does matter, but also I think how you utilize that intention matters. I think if you're a filmmaker, you can be like, I want to make the best movie possible for it to make a lot of money. I think that's fine. Now, you can also be a filmmaker who's like, I want to make a lot of movies so I can make a lot of money, but I don't care about the quality. But if you're like, oh, I want to make the best car possible so that everyone buys it and make a lot of money off it. If that's how you want to direct your intention, then that's fine. But there's also people who are like, I just want to make a lot of money. What's the easiest way for me to do that? So what's the easy, instead of, instead of making the best cigar possible and charging a good price for it and getting the branding down and supporting it and going to events and checking quality control, what if I just do a lot of marketing for it and a lot of fun, you know, uh, man stuff, and I'll just sell it that way. And people will just buy it because it's like Gurkha and it's cool. I mean, dude, he even, and again, this is, an, I'm not trying to be political. He did that Trump cigar where it's like, like that, it was so, it was almost corny. It was almost like cheesy. Yeah. 
like, oh, we're going to do one for our great leader, <coughs> President Trump. It's like, come on, dude. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. But. And I, I know probably what I said came off like an ass. And I'm trying. No, no, I'm just saying because it's like I don't try to ever. I, try, I, I never try to question someone's um, heart or love for something. But I feel like sometimes it's so apparent in certain industries. It's so apparent. You know, when Nick asked me what was my thoughts and impressions, that's what I came up with. That's what I came up with. That yeah. is my take on it. And it, I always feel uncomfortable saying that. I, I don't ever feel uncomfortable saying about it in film because I think I know I'm very comfortable with who I am as an artist. And I'm able to spot out when someone is about it and when someone is in it to get women, to get uh, local fame, to get... To get local women. To get lo <laughs> And yes... <laughs> And awards. So it's just, I think if you're, you're able to kind of, and also hearing certain manufacturers speak, you can just tell how much they love it. You know, upon, like I said, with this research, it just seems like some guy who had money to spend and now I'm going to just like may, be a big, big voice, a big shit talker in the industry and just make what I want to make and then call it revolutionary or call yeah. it like, Ooh, he's a he's the the bad boy of X, Y, and Z. So, yeah. Now, listen. Again, he was never somebody. I mean, even in my youth, you know, in my in my early twenties when I had like kind of just started. Again, I never really took him that seriously. So um, let's now talk about how you were saying how you think their rebrand or so, their shift in things is only going to now so be. There, so Juan Lopez is, is their vice president. I believe Jim Colucci is still their president. Yes. And they're still out there like pushing the brand and doing better. Um, they made, uh, I don't think we sell it, but I think it's, uh, it's still out there. They made the Gurkha Nicaragua, which was made at Aganorsa, which got very good reviews from what I remember. And I smoked one. That was kind of the last I heard of them. That was about a year or two ago, maybe three years ago. But I think that they've consolidated. I think they're working with better manufacturers now. I think they have to kind of buy back the respect. When I say buy, I don't mean like buy, but they have to earn back the respect of some people because if I went out to the store right now and talked to the group of guys we are talking to before and I'm like, what do you guys think of Gurkha? At best, I think a few of them would say like, oh, well, like their new stuff is really good. Yeah. Now also, that's how I feel, and I've said this before, Rocky Patel, I love everything he's done in the past five to six years. Everything coming out of the Tabicuza factory, I think is phenomenal. Like high-end, well-earned, top 25. I was not a fan of a lot of his older stuff for a long time. So I think that, but he also was relying on like other factories to do his thing. And then once he was yeah. able to get his own factory and execute his own vision entirely, he turned out hitter after hitter after hitter. So I think that perceptions can change. And I think that, manufacturers can change and I think you have people in at Gurkha now who really care they're smart I know Juan Lopez is smart I think I've met him once before um, they're respected they have their eye on the ball they're you know they're they're putting the resources where it needs to be and I I, I hope that in a year's time we can do a, a show like this and we could talk about how like Gurkha is one of our new favorites and they've yeah. come out with some great new lines like a complete um, turnaround, like a comeback. But story. yeah, but yeah. any anyone who wanted to look at that company in like 2010 and not think it was laughable, to, to be honest, I'm not. I'm not really not trying to be cruel here, 
but to not think that that company was laughable at the time. And listen, we made a lot of money with Gurkha. Like, we yeah. sold the fuck out of Gurkha. Um, but, you know, it was still, it was, it was because we were giving away swords. You know what I mean? Like, get a, buy two five packs, get a free sword. You know how many guys just got that for the sword? Oh, of course. Like, that was, was literally say. it. They would throw the cigars out or they give them out. How many people like free shit? Yeah. Or like, uh, not free, but like an add-on. You know, they think, oh, because I'm buying this, you know, this comes with, that's essentially, I'm, I'm not paying for that. You know, buy right. three, get one free. You know, stuff like that. And yeah, people are buying it for the sword, the, the, the swag, as we call it. Yeah. Um, and people like it, you know, pe- you know. I would, I would definitely, if you can go find the Gurkha Nicaragua, uh, I would smoke it right away. Like, that, that was a really, really good smoke. The Gurkha Nicaragua series, I'm sorry, that's what it was called. Got an 88. Yeah. He got an 88. And by the time his controversy came in, in June 2020, I feel like that's when a lot of us were, <laughs> I'm speaking for myself, a lot of us were just, like, going crazy with well, again, like, what you, the you world can ask, was going on. You, you can ask Greg, like... 2020 might have been like the final nail that made them have to like change everything over. But when Greg was here, we never did a lot of Gurkha stuff. Like at the 2019 no. trade show, I don't think we talked to Gurkha. Like they were just never. Yeah. By the time I got into corporate, again, we, we were still, they were still big sellers, but I had kind of made up my, look, we have two signs right back there. Yeah. We, I had kind of made up my mind on them. And I, I, I because I am such a purist, meaning I'm a dickhead. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't, just like the guy, the guy with the hat that we don't like, I don't like someone who does something for, for gimmicks. No, sake. I, yeah. I, I just, it drives me crazy because I'm not saying it's easy to be a Nick Melillo or whatever, but it's not hard to care about a thing mm-hmm. and just like, Hey, I need a good cigar made at this price, you know, and work with the factory. But and that's how easy it is. You just got to give a shit. You just got to give a, a shit. A little bit. Yeah. And if you do, it's going to come out in your work. It yeah. really is. You, 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 could, you could say that comment about anything. The food, the beer, cigar, entertainment industry. You care a little bit about something, it's going to show. But when you mm-hmm. care, or if you care about the wrong thing, it's going to show. And before I came into the cigar industry... I never realized that there could be drama, honestly. Oh, yeah. There could be people who are, are gimmicky. You just, when you have these, like, you know, what is it? What's the term? I guess when you're green to something, you just think, like, oh, everyone cares. Everyone is intelligent. Everyone knows what they're doing. And, you know, like I said, being four years in here, it's very clear, like, who are the, I'll just say, like, the head honcho alphas and the ones that are, the pretenders and it's a little disheartening you get a little cynical <laughs> me personally i just think i think in that my way. mind there's nothing more bitchy than a guy who like really acts like to, to be on like andrew tate like yeah. guys oh, who God, guys dude. who really act like you have to be the master of your own destiny it's like yeah. shut up you were in jail in romania yeah like who, who you weren't master of shit <laughs> you like you did you did nothing I hate how Andrew he, Tate is. He's a big cigar smoker. He's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why he, I he's going to come it. do karate at me. Yeah, or he's just he's like, going to drive his Bugatti at me and like, tell me I'm a man. <laughs> he's like only men, men, only only men, smoke only cigars. men go to Romanian jail for yeah, for kidnapping he's people. An, he's an idiot. He's uh, he's the worst. Um, but no, I, I 
it do, it's a li- like I said, it's not, it's a little disheartening sometimes, but it's also when you don't focus on it, then it doesn't, it won't take right. you out of it because then you do meet people in here who have been here, you know, two decades who were like, this is their life. And it's like, they were able to make a career, good earnings off of it, have a family doing it. Like that's, that's, those are the people we should always, you know, pay attention to and give our attention to. The people who are trying to piggyback off of other people's bullshit is... I wanted to finish up today. Uh, uh, Deb, the iron worker, uh, sent me a clip of a podcast of, um, what the hell is the guy's name? Something Senegato. Remember, like, the guy, he used to, like, do, he used to, like, make fun of Twitter, like, in his basement. He used to do, like, these YouTube videos, like, making fun of, like, people's, like, stupid tweets. Uh, Joey Senegato, I think his name is, something like that. You know, if I show, I'll show it to okay, you. Okay, yeah, you know. I don't know. Uh, but he has a podcast, I guess, with his brother or some guy, and they were going over their favorite sandwiches, and they immediately got into an argument, and she sent it to me. She's like, you and Secret Chris should talk about your favorite sandwiches. So she called me Secret Chris? Yeah. Okay. Everyone does. My brother does. Tall Ryan yeah. does. Yeah. Everyone, I have, a, I have a, um, a menagerie of associates, all with various nicknames. Oh, yeah. You're like, you are the nickname god. Like, yeah. I think you have a nickname for everyone who's started here. Who I would be good uh, like, like if we were like a British heist crew in like a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> Handsome Derek. Stevie Inks. Sacred Chris. Like everyone gets a cool yeah. nickname. All right, so what was the debate? What so, was, uh... well, it was, it was, they would just, like, talk about, like, like their go-to sandwiches. Now, I, I mean, I have, mine is very much depending on the situation. But I wanted to know, you're walking into a deli. The sandwich is free. I'm paying for it. Hot, cold, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What do you, what are you, you're, and, and, and you haven't eaten all day. You can, you can have whatever you want. What are you, what are you getting on? And don't be like, oh, I want French fries and chicken. Like, don't, no, like, no, make, no, make no, up no, a sandwich. No, 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 I... I've come to the point where I'm uh, getting a little tired of Parmesan sandwiches because I think I've had you them like so a, much. You like a Parmesan. I do. I've seen you like, um, you like a Parmesan. There's this spot in um, Staten Island called, I think, John's Deli. Hole in the wall. And everyone, A hole in the wall in everyone, Staten Island? You don't say. Everyone who's gone there says they're roast beef sandwich with, with I forgot what kind of cheese. You could get it with like mozzarella. Is like and they call the the sauce on it grease oil. It's like a, like a submarine oil, Almost, like yeah. a sandwich oil. Yeah, I'm gonna go with something like that. But if I'm going to like a legit, like a legit deli, Italian, like a ta- like this is gonna this is where we're gonna fight. What? When or you actually, say, no, not when, Italian. When you I'm, say Italian, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly you what me, I want. You tell Nick. Salami, provolone, lettuce, oil, vinegar, salt. I don't need tomatoes. I, I don't need that. You don't need tomatoes. Do I you don't need, need tomatoes on my sandwich. But do you, do you not like tomatoes? Sliced tomatoes, I could live without. Okay. I know. I can't, like, can you guys just eat sliced tomatoes with salt on it? I mean, no, but I, I won't just eat mustard either. Like, it's, no, a, I, but it's, a, it's a condiment. It's a, as part of a greater unit, you know? You're right. in, 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 in your ancient army, you don't just have a slingshot guy. It's part of a team. It's part, like, we right, need right. you first. Salami. Provolone, no mayo ever. Uh, oil, I know a guy. I know a guy. Vinegar. You know this guy too. He's a friend of mine. Puts mayo on his mortadelle sandwiches. Oh. I know it's gross. Go on. Yeah, because I'm not the biggest fan of ham on a sandwich. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, not a or, big ham guy either. Like a, like a, like like, a, I just yeah. want salami, provolone, oh, and then the veggies. The let, the lettuce, tomato. I'll do salt, pepper, and I'll do oil, vinegar, and then 
I need a potato chip with it. We're gonna t- we're gonna say this right now, and I'm gonna get this out there. And I- make sure you put this in the trailer. This has to. This is this is what it is. All right. One of the greatest lies told to the American people is that when you walk into a Subway or a Blimpy or one of these basic chain delis and they have an Italian sandwich yeah. on the menu, and it's salami, like boar's head honey ham. No. And then, like, what they call capicola, and it's just some bullshit that they put pepper on. Yeah. It's like another ham they just put pepper on, and they call that the Italian. It disgusts me. It's yeah. wrong. You go to Italy, no one's eating that. No. No one's eating that nonsense. All right? If you, if you had to say what a true Italian hero is, I th- even though this is not referred to as the Italian, but a true Italian sandwich is... Prosciutto, fresh mozzarella, yeah. roasted, roasted red peppers, yep. a little balsamic. You want to get a little kinky, throw in the sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah. You want to you get really, you want something heavy, you want to warm up in the winter, chicken cutlet with that, throw it yeah. in. But the prosciutto, mozzarella, roasted reds, balsamic, yeah. long roll. That, like that's that's, the, that's yeah. like the, the hidden Italian sandwich. Mm-hmm. This bullshit of Jared at Subway, look what happened to him, and putting, like calling the Italian, and then it's literally, it's, it's not... Italian ham. It's just ham. It'll say salami, capicola, and then ham. And it drives yeah, me crazy every time. They Americanize it. But see, for an, I don't even like that for an, for an American. I have two sandwiches. I have the prosciutto one I told you. Yeah. And then my American sandwich, if I go to like a, like a good American deli, is I get roast beef, but it's got to be good roast beef mm-hmm. that's red. I didn't know until I was older. I thought roast beef was supposed to be brown. It's not. It's no, supposed no, to be red. No. Um, so red, then you get lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, olives, Russian dressing, American cheese. Oh God. Yeah. That's the American. That's my American sandwich. And then any kind of kettle cooked chip. You saw me eat tuna on rye today, but I put the chips on the sandwich. I crunch down, make it one, make it, make it like a condiment on there. That's why I look like this. But that salami is my go-to. Um, I like salami. I'll do a salami. You know what I'll, you know what I like to do? What I what I liked to do in my youth is I would do the salami, a little provolone, and then the long green hots, the Ooh. long green hot peppers on like a calandra's, like a sliced yes. bread like that. Yeah. And you make a nice sandwich. That was it. Yeah, that was it. it. You gotta toast the bread a little bit. You too. gotta toast. Yeah, we get a little, a little, little crunch. Yeah. See, what's your sandwich? He's gonna say some cool shit. He's gonna say some like suave, um, like duck. Probably. Uh Peanut butter with <laughs> let me stop. <laughs> peanut butter with uh, jelly. Oh yeah, from jelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A roasted peanut spread Smokers over though. a bevy of jam preserves. <laughs> yeah, what's your, what's your go-to? What's your go-to sandwich? Not not a Jersey Mike's. I know we like Jersey Mike's oh, here, God. but like an Italian deli. Um, I'd probably say like, oh, reliable would be like a spicy Italian. Okay. You know. So that's know. what salami. I like, I like garlic aioli. Uh, okay, but is that a spicy town? Okay. Is that pepperoni on there? Yes, yeah, pepperoni, um, salami, ham. Yeah, all all that shit. Pepperoni is not even a real. It's not even real. It it, it just means pepper. You go to Italy and get pepperoni in your pizza. It's just peppers. There's no there's no pepperoni's on a real thing. Mm. You know what? Something that triggers me before we leave. <laughs> I go to a, a fancy pizza spot. Like there's this one down in Asbury Park, Porta. Can I get there's a one, cheese there's pizza? There's one there's one in Jersey City too. Can I get a che- I just want a plain cheese pizza. We have the margarita. It's not what I want, but like that, that, they're substituting now plain cheese pizza with margarita, 
Why? Well, listen, oh, listen. Nah. I under I understand. I under Chris. I'm with you. I understand your frustration. However, places like that, they don't do like a Joe's slight, like yes. a basic. Yeah. So when you say like their basic, like is here's mar- our standard pizza, which is, and, I, and I've been to the boot, not trying to brag. <laughs> I've been to the boot. If you just went to a place and got a pizza, like I'm just going to get, give me your most regular pizza yeah. for five euro. It's the margarita style. That's what it is. That's what okay. it is. They don't. So the, that would make sense to me, though. So there, yes. there, there, that would. But like when you're thinking, but you're thinking New York Frank's pizzas, or you're yeah, thinking like, New York because that, yeah. that's a New York style. Yes. So in New York, you go to any pizza shop and say, "Give me a slice." But these of fancy plain. pizzerias are now yeah. ado- adopting how it is over. In I'm going to be honest, and this is where me and you may disagree. I don't mind it. I don't mind a I, margarita. I, I don't mind it, but I guess when I'm looking for like that that greasy cheese slice and their margarita is totally different i i want to say there's the sauce almost seems a little sweeter on there they put a little uh-huh. they put what basil like a fresh yeah, they basil put like fresh basil on there i don't mind it either but sometimes i'm it, it does trigger me a little bit like you're, you're trying to be fancy when you're not but listen i don't want to criticize you chris because you know i love you but, but this is like this is like going to a Michelin star restaurant and being like, why don't you have the chicken nuggets? Yeah, and I would never do that. Like, but I get Porta, what you're Porta, the one in Jersey City is constantly ranked like one of the best pizzerias in New yeah. Jersey. So it is an upscale pizzeria. And also, it, yeah, that, that, that's a good point. If I'm going to an upscale pizzeria, I'm not going to throw a fit to my wife under my breath for five minutes until we get the pizza. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to just accept it. But like, if I'm going to a place that doesn't seem that fancy, but is trying to be. I'm like, okay, you're, you have an identity yeah. crisis. Yeah, I came in here for a dollar slice and yeah. a Diet Coke. Yes. With a plastic straw. Like, I'm, you know, that's what I want to do. special. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, but no, that's one thing that, yeah. Listen, pizza. Grinds my gears. As we, as gotta, we, gotta, we can do a whole episode on pizza. Mm-hmm. I'll do a whole episode on pizza. Pizza and cigars. We'll try to compare different styles of pizza with different cigars. There's this podcast I follow. I think it's called, like, uh, Pizza. Brews and two, two, two brews and pizza essentially. And these guys sit down. They get a beer, a local beer from New Jersey, and then they get, I think, a local pie from Jersey as well. And they're just sitting there drinking and eating. I was like, that is. Dave Portnoy really like revolutionized the pizza know, game. I didn't know that pizza could be any bigger. Oh yeah. And then because it was dude, it was huge as a kid. Pizza was the biggest thing. Do you know anyone who doesn't like pizza? I've never come across someone who doesn't like it. I'll, I'll come across people who may not want a slice because he's healthy. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, I don't like pizza, but yeah. there's people who like... Watch their figure. C- carbs or gluten yeah, yeah. allergy or they don't like cheese. But I, or, think, I think when a push comes to shove... or not push I will to, push you out of the way to, get a, <laughs> to shove a slice of pizza in my mouth. I will do that. I will push you out of the way to shove that slice. But I think when one person breaks their no carb rule, I think to me instantly they're gonna have pizza. It's the it's it's the blood to my Dracula. I can be so good with everything if somebody puts leftover pizza like box in oh the in the kitchen from like they had like a meeting. I'm eating that oh, pizza. Before COVID, when leftover pizza was over there. Oh my god! Greg and I would beeline over there. Animals. We yeah. were animals. Yeah. We were so. animals. We also have a lot of good pizzerias right in this area. We do. You know. All right, that's it. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Uh, Eat your pizza. What else I got to say? Keep it lit. Keep it lit. That's it. Take care.